0: Well, good morning again. Man, it's so good to be here today. Um, We are doing something very special today. For the first time ever, all of our campus pastors are going to be preaching live to all of our campuses. And um, I'm really excited about this. We're going to actually do this uh, every other month. So you're going to hear a lot from me. The other campuses are going to hear a lot from their campus pastors. I'm really excited about this. I think this is a really cool idea. It gives us an opportunity to... Thank you. It gives us an opportunity to share what God has placed on our heart just for our campuses. So I'm really, really looking forward to the opportunity that we have. For those of you who are watching online today, my name is Levi, and I serve as the campus pastor here in Greece. Today we are in part six of our series through the Gospel of Luke. We've been learning about the life and ministry of Jesus through the lens of Luke, and today we are in Luke chapter 8. You can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like, um, or you can find it on the screen. Today we're gonna be uh, learning a little bit about farming. Do you guys know a lot about farming? We're in Greece. You guys may be probably not like maybe acquainted with farms very much, but I grew up outside of Greece. I grew up uh, further out than Hilton, further out than Wellsville, further out than Shingle House. I grew up in a little town called Burlington Flats. You guys have never heard of Burlington Flats. Don't even try to tell me that you know about it because it's tiny. And there were farms everywhere. Uh, Now, I don't know a ton about farming, but I do remember this, that every summer you drive along the road, uh, you would see uh, one of these. You'd see, a f- uh, you ever see one of these, a farm stand? I love farm stands. This is like, and a lot of the farm stands that I grew up, they were like based on the honor system. They just had a little little coffee can for, full of money and you just put your money in. You could take corn on the cob. You'd husk it right there. You'd get, put all the stuff in the bags. You'd get fresh snappy cucumbers or snappy peas um, or you'd get like, you ever have a, like a vine ripened tomato, just tomato right off the vine? Isn't like There's nothing better than a tomato right off the vine. We know, right, that like fresh produce, good organic produce, where you know where it comes from, we know that those are good things, right? And even if you don't like those things, you know that they're good for you, right? You know that they're better than the the stuff that you find in the store, the, the processed food that you get. But the question remains is this. Why don't we all grow our own food? I mean, other than the fact that you can just go to Wegmans and go and get it, why don't we grow our own food? If you 're like me, maybe you 've tried to grow your own food in the past, and maybe it's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> right I remember the very first garden that I had uh, Megan and I we moved into this house, this rental house, but there was twenty five acres well we didn't farm all twenty five acres we just had this little plot that was a garden and but it was a big garden. It was like 50 feet by 20 feet. If you could imagine, that's a big garden. And we didn't really have a lot of experience gardening, so we had some really lofty ambitions and dreams for what this garden was going to look like. So we plotted out where we were going to plant all the seeds, and one day we got all the seeds and we planted them. Then a few weeks later, we found out that only maybe half of the seeds that we planted actually came up. And then a few weeks later, we realized that some of the seeds that actually came up died. <laughs> And then after a while, the weeds started to grow, the pesky weeds. If you've ever planted a garden with weeds, you know that this is like a losing battle. And at the end of the season, we had very little to show for our hard work. We had nothing, Megan says, we had nothing to show for our hard work. And if you're anything like me, you've allowed the past harvest to discourage you from planting seeds right now. So we don't really have a garden right now. Here's the thing, guys. Just like planting seeds in soil, the Bible tells us that we plant seeds of the gospel when we share the hope of Jesus with those around us. And if we're not careful, we can allow people's responses to the gospel in the past to discourage us from sharing the gospel right now. As we jump into Luke 8 today, Jesus is going to share a story about farming. (laughs) A story about a farmer who plants seeds in all kinds of different soil That soil represents people's responses. And there's a whole bunch of responses that we can get when sharing the gospel. And it can be very discouraging that there's so many different responses to the gospel. Maybe you've experienced different responses to the gospel. It can seem very discouraging, but I think laid out in this text are three strong encouragements. I want to give them to you right now. The first one is this, to plant seeds. Plant seeds. Second one is to pray. Over the soil. And the third is this to connect to the vine. Really simply, plant, pray, and connect. Plant, pray, and connect. So let me set the stage for the story that we're about to hear today, okay? Jesus is gathering crowds, he's gathering a lot of people, and he's teaching. And what he is using to teach is he's using what they call a parable. Now, a parable is this. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Earthly story, heavenly meaning. Just like pastors and teachers and, and, and in books, you might see that there's a story to help illustrate a point. Well, Jesus uses these parables to help illustrate points that he's trying to get across to people. As, as a matter of fact, he uses parables 35 times throughout the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So he uses these parables quite a lot. Jesus tells a story that everyone back then can relate to. Now, even though we live in Greece and maybe not everyone was born and raised on a farm, back then a lot of people were born and raised on farms. It was very, very familiar. And so he tells this story about a farmer who goes out and he sows seed, and it lands on four different types of soil. So as he's planting the seed, as he's scattering the seed, it lands on the first type of soil, which is the hard soil of the path. You know the path, right? Where you walk, it gets trampled on, it doesn't ever take root, and the birds come and take away the seed that was planted. The second soil is this, the, the, the rocky soil, right? Where it actually, it does begin to go into the ground, but it actually doesn't take root because there's rocks there. And what happens if... The soil, if the plant doesn't have any root system, it'll wither up because it doesn't draw moisture from the ground. So it doesn't actually go anywhere. The third type of soil is the thorny soil. This is, this is when the, the, you can see the, the, it actually does take root. The seed does take root. And it grows up, but also the thorns grow up with it. And over time, the thorns begin to choke out the life of the seed. And lastly, we have the good soil, the nutrient-rich, soft soil that yields a good harvest. The Bible says, a harvest that is a hundredfold. This is the story that Jesus uses to illustrate a point. And just before he explains the story, he says this in verse 8. He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Meaning this, everyone has ears, but not everyone has ears to hear. You understand what I'm saying? Some, everyone has ears, but not everyone has ears to hear. Um, You can ask my wife, I always have ears, I don't always have ears to hear. Any wives out there, can I get an amen? Parents, I don't know if you're in in here today, but like Selah, when she's in front of a screen of any kind, uh, whether it be an iPad or a TV screen, she has ears, but she does not have ears to hear. Any parents out there, can I get an amen? There's a difference between hearing and hearing. Listening. There's a difference between hearing and listening and and responding. And this is what Jesus is getting at. As a matter of fact, when he explains it to the disciples later on in verse nine, he says, When his disciples asked him what this parable meant, next slide, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables or stories, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. He's saying there's a lot of soils in this crowd right now. Some of them are tuned in to what I'm saying. Some of them want to hear and respond to what I'm saying. Others don't really care much. And he said by using these stories, the people who hear the story, they're going to get it because they're leaning in and they want to understand and they want to respond. But the ones who don't just won't understand what the story is all about. So, as we get into verse 11, it says this. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so they may not believe and be saved. Meaning, this is the path. And when the gospel is sown, the gospel is shared to that person, They really don't. it doesn't ever penetrate their heart. It doesn't, it doesn't penetrate the ground. It doesn't, it it doesn't resonate with them at all. They want nothing to do with it. Have you ever had an encounter like that where you share the gospel and they're just like, that's good for you, I'm doing my own thing. I don't really want to hear what you're talking about. That's good for you. I'm I'm doing my own or or maybe it's maybe even like an angry response, like, like, don't don't talk to me about God. Don't talk to me about that. It's hard soil. That's one response. And then the second one is this, the ones that are on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, in time of testing, they fall away. Maybe you've had one of these types of encounters where someone's really excited about church. Maybe they love the atmosphere, they love the, the, the positive message, they love the uplifting music, maybe they like the kids' ministry and they like community, right? There's a lot of things that we really like about church, there's a lot of things we like about Jesus, there's a lot of benefits, and yet there are also times of testing. There's times of grief, there are times of loss, there's times where it's hard to follow Jesus. And when someone's not prepared for that, and they they like all the good things, but when things get hard, some people end up falling away. Maybe you've seen that response. Then the third response is this, as far as the ones who fell on the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Meaning, it, it gets planted in their heart, and it grows. But something else grows along with it. So the gospel grows. The love for Jesus grows. And yet, the love for the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life grow up along with it as well. It reminds me of a story. You guys know the, the story of the rich young ruler? He was curious about the kingdom of heaven. He was curious about following Jesus. He said, what must I do? And Jesus says, well, obey the commandments. Well, I've done all those. I've obeyed all the commandments. Well, sell all you have and give it to the poor. That's where he just doesn't want to move forward. See, some people, they they like Jesus. They like following Jesus for a little while. But after a while, maybe they like other things as well. And it begins to choke them out. we talked about this a few months ago. remember when we went through the seven deadly sins we talked about the grip of greed, the grip of greed and, and what we talked about is the fact that it's it's not a sin to have stuff it's not a sin to have nice things you want a, you want a boat by all means have a boat and tell me you got a boat and then we can go on the boat together all right no it's not a sin to have nice things it's not a sin to have a nice house it's not a sin to have a nice car it's not a sin to get get stuff but but it's when, it, when it, it's not bad when you have stuff, it's bad when the, the stuff has you. It's the grip of greed. And sometimes that grip is around your neck, choking the life out of the thing that God has planted in you. It gets choked out by the cares and riches and the pleasures of life. Then the next one is this. This is the good one, the good soil. They are those who, hearing the word, they hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. This is the soil that's been cultivated. It's been picked out, all the rocks, all the thorns. It's been prepared, and it receives the word of God. And you know what? The, the Bible has a lot more to say about disciples than about converts. You know what I'm saying? Like it, the Bible has a lot more to say about a life of following Jesus than about a moment And a prayer. And that's what it's getting at here, is that over time, the soil of our hearts is displayed. That it's more about a life of discipleship than it is about one prayer that we pray. Now, if you've shared the gospel with anyone, chances are you've encountered... Various types of soil, various types of hearts, various types of responses. And it can be very difficult and discouraging when those responses are not what we envision them to be. I remember when I was a kid, I was, I was in high school, it's when I really started taking my faith seriously as, as a Christian, and I would go to these conferences as a teen, uh, the Joshua Revolution Conferences. Anyone ever remember those? Yeah, they, they, I think some of them were right here in Rochester and, and in Buffalo. And I remember writing a list of all the people, all of my friends at school that I wanted to, to reach out to and share the gospel with them. I remember some of them were teachers, some of them. And, and I was really excited, per, perhaps maybe the most excited I've ever been, to share my faith with someone. I was so excited, but I had very little experience. But slowly I learned that not everyone responds the way you want them to. Slowly I learned that everyone's got different soil in their heart. Slowly I learned, unfortunately, to become discouraged. And I'd be lying if I said that I don't sometimes carry that same discouragement with me today. That when I think about sharing the gospel with my neighbors, my friends, my family, that I'm not reminded that some people just don't want anything to do with it. And it's very discouraging. But like I said, I think that there are three strong encouragements woven into the fabric of this text. You ready for them? Here we are. I already gave them to you, but we're going to talk about them a little bit more. Here's the first one. Plant seeds. Keep planting seeds. Don't stop planting seeds. Even if the soil isn't quite right. Don't stop planting seeds because the reality is you can't have a harvest if you don't plant seeds. You could have the perfect field in the perfect location with the right pH balance and all that stuff. All the rocks are out. All the thorns are out. But if the seed never gets planted, you'll never have a harvest. We have to continue to plant seeds. Luke 10.2 says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. It's not that we have a harvest problem, it's that we have a laborer problem. We need to continue to plant seeds. You, maybe you've heard this uh, phrase, you, you can't pray for a hole while leaning on a shovel. <laughs> right? You can't pray for a hole while leaning on a shovel. Like you, like you could pray for the hole, but at some point you've got to get to work. You got to start digging. You got to start working. Look, all throughout the Bible we have this this concept of sowing and reaping. Right? You reap what you sow. You don't get to reap what you don't sow. You only get to reap what you only get to take out of the ground what you put into it. You only get out of it what you put into it. And the thing is, I think many of us, we like the reaping part. We we like the harvest part. We like no one would argue like we want our church to grow. No one would argue and say, we want our our family to be restored and revitalized. No one would argue and say, we want want our communities to be transformed by the gospel. No one would argue that we want want our, our leaders to follow the Lord. No one would argue with those things. We want the harvest, but we have to be able and willing to put in the work of planting seeds. This parable teaches that you can't control the outcome. You can't control the outcomes. You can only control inputs. You can't control whether or not someone comes to faith. You can't control whether or not they make a decision. You can't control whether they respond to your invitation to come to church. But you can control the inputs. So, as you plant, three things. As you plant examine your seed. Make sure, take inventory of the seed that you're planting and make sure that it's the gospel. Make sure that what you're actually presenting to people is the gospel because here's some indicators that it might not be the gospel, right? If you're sowing behavior management, that you just got to try harder, you just got to be better, you just got to do the right thing and stop doing the wrong thing, that's not the gospel. If you're sowing anything out of frustration or or anger, or disappoint, like you're just you're just mad at the world, like like ranting. That's not the gospel. And lastly, if you're if you're sowing like a prosperity type of gospel, if you're sowing like you follow Jesus, your life's just magically gonna get better. You're gonna get happy, you're gonna be happy, healthy, and wealthy. That's just that's just not the gospel. So examine your seed. Secondly, look for worms. Uh, as, as we were preparing for these sermons. Um, pastor Stu, the Arcade Campus pastor, he said, he said um, I was doing a little research and, and it turns out all you need to do when, you, when you're looking for fertile soil, for good soil, all you got to do is look for worms because the worms are where the good soil is. Um, so you got to look for worms. So when I say look for worms, what I mean is we got to look for fertile soil. And, and there are some places that we can look and, and you can count, literally count worms. And, and the, first, the first thing is this, is three T's that I think that we should be looking for when sharing the gospel. Three T's. The first one is, is uh, transition. Someone who's in transition, uh, maybe they moved to the area for the first time, maybe they um, had a baby or they get married for the first time, that might be an opportunity to share the gospel. So transition. Second thing is Trouble. If someone is in trouble, someone is facing hard times, maybe they lost a loved one. Maybe they're grieving. Maybe they've lost a relationship. That might be a time to share the gospel with someone. And lastly, maybe there's just tension. Transition, trouble, and tension. Maybe there's just, maybe they're facing a hard time at work. Um, maybe the, the relational tension, they're going through a, a separation. Um, it, there's just some, some hard things in life that they're dealing with. Those might be opportunities that God might be preparing the soil of their heart to receive the seed. So examine your seed, look for worms, and lastly, get out in the field. Get out in the field, because here's the reality, guys. You can't plant seeds at a distance. We have to get out in the field. We are so good at yeah, insulating ourselves from the world around us, just surrounding ourselves with a bunch of Christians in our life. And, and sometimes we, if you take inventory, maybe it's like we just don't even have relationships outside of the church. So would I challenge you to get out in the field and build some relationships with people outside of the church, and instead of building up barriers and walls, we would build bridges to the gospel. So examine your seed, look for worms, and get out in the field. You know, in my excitement, I've, I forgot to mention something as we look for as we look for worms. I want to share something really exciting um, with you guys. Um, as we look for worms, uh, as we look for opportunities where the harvest might be ripe for the picking, um, we talked about the three T's, but there's also um, there's also some, some study and research that's been done. George Barna, maybe some of you guys know George Barna. Um, he's a, a researcher that helps churches out with statistics and, and measurements and things like that. And he did a research back in 2003 that said that 70% of all decisions made for Christ happened between the ages of 4 and 14. 70% of all decisions made for Christ between the ages of 4 and 14. I, I just got to say, I am so grateful that we are a part of a church that takes kids ministry and student ministry very seriously, and we think it's worth the investment to take the time, the energy, and the resources and pour it into the next generation. Aren't you glad for that, church? Yeah. We are. We're, we're glad. Um, and, and, In light of that, I've got some really good news. (laughs) I want to share a big win for our campus. Many of you know that over the last year, we have gone without a um, children's ministry director on staff and thankfully Megan has stepped up in, as a volunteer and, and has done great things with that ministry over the last year um, but over uh, after a year of looking for someone you may have seen the slide maybe you've gotten used to that slide being up there um, but we want to welcome Andrew Schultz to the team as our new kid zone director come on Andrew You might, be wondering, you might be wondering why he's out here and not in kid zone right now. Um, he's, been, he's been out there for like weeks and weeks and weeks. This is his first time in the service in a long time. Do you remember everyone? Do you remember how, what we look like? Um, Andrew's been a part of our church ever since we launched. He's been serving back in kids ministry for the last year, and we're so excited to have him on staff officially right now. And so if you have any questions you're interested in serving in KidZone, um, we have, I, we did the math the other day, we have over 30 volunteers who serve at, just at our campus, just in KidZone ministry. Um, alone, And so we are so grateful for that. If you're interested in, we want more, he says, we want more. We can take more. If you want to to invest in fertile soil where the worms are, go back there. There's worms back there. <laughs> um, but the other thing that Andrew's doing, which is really cool, we're really excited about, is we're, we're kind of testing the waters into roots ministry as well. We For the last year and a half, we haven't had a teen program. We haven't had youth group. Um, and so... We're going to be taking some next steps to have some youth events throughout the next couple months. We're going to just try and see how this goes and, and see if we have some interest. And so if you are, are a teenager, you know a teenager, you have a teenager, maybe you know a family who's been looking for a church that has a student ministry, this might be a great time to invite them. Um, but Andrew's going to be heading that up as well. And so we're really excited about that. Thank you so much for stepping up to the plate, Andrew. We're, uh, we're rooting for you and we're praying for you, man. So Plant seeds, okay? Plant seeds. Secondly, we have, to, we have to pray over the soil. We have to pray over the soil. The, the parable is called the parable of the sower, but it really talks way more about the soil than the sower. It should really be called the parable of the soil. The soil is someone's heart, the condition of someone's heart. Whether they're receptive and soft to the gospel whether they're hard and callous towards the gospel. And, and this, is, this is the hard thing for us to, to grasp, is that God is the one who tills the soil of someone's heart. God is the one who prepares the soil and gets out the rocks and gets the weeds out to make it good. And the hardest thing for us to grasp sometimes is that you just can't change someone's heart. Even as I say that, maybe someone comes to mind that someone that maybe you've been thinking about, thinking that you you've been you've been wanting to change their heart. Maybe it's a child that might not be following the Lord right now. Maybe it's maybe it's a spouse you've been waiting for them to to come to the Lord. Maybe students, maybe teens. It might be a, a friend from school that you you've been wanting them to be a Christian. You just want them to be a Christian. You want to change their heart. I get that and. And I know that it, seems kinda, it might seem kind of hopeless that we can't do anything about that. If God's the one who changes the heart, then we, we, we really can't do anything about that. But I think there's two things that we can do. The first one is, is this. We can take the weight off of our shoulders. Look, you're not meant to bear the weight of someone else's response. Whether it's a kid, whether it's a friend, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a neighbor or a co you're not meant to carry the weight of their response. We have the weight of planting seeds. So we can take that weight off of our shoulders and put it on someone who can hold the weight. And secondly, we can pray. We can pray. We can, I, I, we can pray that God would do what we can't. We we can pray for our spouses. We can pray for our kids. We can pray for our neighbors. We can pray for our friends. We can pray for our loved ones who don't know Jesus. Personally, we you know Pastor Jeremy mentioned it before. We have a, a connection card where you can share prayer requests, and those prayer requests go onto a prayer sheet that gets emailed out to everyone. A lot of you receive that. If you don't receive that, you can just put prayer sheet on your connection card. We'll make sure that that gets emailed out to you. But I would personally, I would love to see our prayer sheet filled with prayers to till the soil of people's hearts. That there be names on there that we can pray for, we can rally behind, and pray that God would move in ways that we just can't. So we plant seeds, we pray for the soil, and lastly, we connect to the vine. We connect to the vine. This is for anyone who's here who might just feel stuck, like you're not growing. You're a Christian. You know, you, you know there's good soil in your heart. You know you've responded to the gospel. You've maybe you bore fruit in the past, but maybe you're just in a season right now where you're, just, you're stuck. And maybe you've been stuck for a long time. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you, you, you go to church and you're doing what you're supposed to do, but, but it just, you don't really feel like you're growing in your faith. I, I would challenge you with this. You've got to connect to the vine. When you're stuck, when you're not growing, it's not a matter of just trying harder. It's not a matter of just trying to, trying to do more of the good things than the bad things. It's about connecting to the vine, connecting to Jesus. Let's put up John fifteen five up here. It says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I, in him, he it is, that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. When I think of this idea of bearing fruit, like we're surrounded I don't you guys know, we're surrounded by vineyards, right? grape, grape vineyards that, that, you, that have just rows and rows of vines. If you were to pluck a grape off the vine, does it continue to grow? No, it doesn't grow doesn't grow because it's not connected to the vine does it make it any less of a grape no it's still a grape it's just not connected to the vine look for us it's not for us as christians it's not that you just try to be a better christian you just pull yourself up and you you just continue to, to just tough it out no if, if you're in a season of drought, if you're in a season where it's tough, if you're in a season where you're just not growing and you're not seeing a lot of fruit in your life, maybe it is the fact that you're not connecting to the vine. And there's, guys, honestly, there's a lot of other things that we can connect to that aren't Jesus. There's a lot of things that look like Jesus that aren't Jesus. You can, you can find that stability. You can try to connect to the church. The church will eventually let you down. You can connect to a program in the church, that program will let you down. You can connect to a friend or a loved one or a spouse who who might be a Christian, they love Jesus, but eventually they, they let you down. But if you're not connecting to the actual vine, you won't be able to bear fruit and you won't grow. So check and see what it is you're connected to to see if maybe you need to connect back to the vine. We'll never be able to grow and bear fruit unless we are connected to Jesus. Listen, church, the, each and every one of you are here today by the grace of God and because someone at some point planted a seed in your heart. And you guys are nodding your heads because maybe you can think of that person. Maybe it was a parent or a grandparent. Maybe it was a teacher or a, a Sunday school teacher or it was a friend from school. For me, it was my youth pastor. And, and mind you, I'd been a, a Christian for a while, but I didn't start really taking my faith seriously until my youth pastor one day, and I can, I can pinpoint the moment. And he had, he had pulled me aside, and he, said, he gave me a guitar, which might not seem super significant to you, but for me, it was a seed. And he gave me this guitar, and he said, Levi, I think that, that you should consider serving the Lord with that guitar. I think you should consider what your life might look like if you gave it up to the Lord. I want you to consider what it might look like if you went off to Bible college and pursued ministry. And honestly, it was never something that I ever thought of doing. But it was a seed planted, and it began to grow in my heart. And so far, it has reaped a harvest by the grace of God. And I, as I look back at that moment, I don't know if I would be in ministry right now. I don't know if I'd be where I am now today. I don't know if this church would be here in the way that it is right now if it wasn't for that moment and that seed planted. But as, you, as we all look back at the seed that was planted in our own lives, could we imagine what the future would look like if we were to take seriously this idea of planting seeds? Not knowing the soil Not knowing the condition of someone's heart. Not always having a harvest guaranteed. But what if we would take Jesus up and say, the the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. What would our church look like if we were to continue to plant seeds? We wouldn't let the the disappointment of past failures. We wouldn't let the, the disappointment of past responses trip us up. But we would continue to go to work and do what we can do that we would plant seeds of the gospel, that we would pray over the things that we can't control, like the soils, people's hearts, and we would stay connected to the vine so that we could bear fruit. Um, Each and every one of you should have gotten um, a little card on your seat. You guys have that? You guys want to hold it up real quick just so I know everyone's got one? If you didn't get one on your seat, maybe take your neighbor's. These are invite cards to church. Um, they're simple. They're small. They can fit right in your wallet. Some of you guys have used these in the past. And you've probably had various responses from those things. I understand that. But consider this to be your seed packet. Consider this to be the thing that you plant. Maybe this week or next week. Uh, consider this to be the one thing that you do today. They're due this week. To take this. And use it, give it to a friend, give it to a neighbor, give it to a coworker. give it to your parent, give it to your child, give it to someone, invite them to church. Something very, very simple. If you enjoy this place, you think this is a place where we preach the gospel and we, we talk about Jesus and, and you think that someone would benefit, like the seeds are going out every single Sunday. That could be a really good way for you to engage with this sermon today. Well, I'm gonna call uh, the worship teams up. We're gonna have a time to enter into communion. Pastor Jeremy's gonna come up as well. I'm gonna pray for us. Lord, I pray, God, God, first of all, I thank you for preparing the soil of the hearts of everyone here today. That you've done something in us to make us respond the way we did. That you've done something in us that we couldn't do ourselves that you've cultivated and, and nurtured and, 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 Lord, we just thank you for that. That you've opened our eyes to see the truth of the gospel. God, your great love for us, your care for us, your sacrifice for us. And, Lord, I pray that as we consider the work you've done in our heart, that it, we, would just, we would have faith that you could do it again in someone else's heart. We would have faith and trust you to do the thing that we can't do. So, Lord, I I know everyone probably has someone in mind that they're thinking of that they would love to change their heart. They would love to to change their mind. They would love for them to become a Christian and be transformed by the power of the gospel. So, Lord, I pray for that person right now, collectively, God. we, We pray for those people who have not made that decision yet. Maybe seeds have been planted. And God, I'm reminded of this, that no seed is wasted. God, every seed that is planted is not wasted. But Lord, it's sown in faith. And it's given up to you. So Lord, I pray that we would have more faith in what you're doing. God, that we would have the the diligence to, to not be ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God unto salvation for all who believe, God, that we would embrace that, we would continue to plant seeds and not get discouraged. Lord, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.